Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Jack and Joe Show. We talk about property, business, and everything in between. Hosted by Jack Heskin-Taylor and Joe McCarthy. Sharing the stories of entrepreneurs, property investors, and our journey to health, wealth, and happiness. Welcome to another episode of the Jack and Joe Show with me, Jack Eskin Taylor. Me, Joe McCarthy. Today we are here with Joshua Tharby. How are you, Josh? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. How are you guys? Yes, yes, really good, yeah. really good. Thanks for coming so, on. Maybe if we could just sort of do a, a short introduction, Josh, and, and to who you are and who JSM partners are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I suppose by, by trade, I'm an accountant um, and, and tax advisor. Um, so kind of going back ever since kind of going to university, did accountancy, graduated, uh, and kind of trained up um, and worked for several years at some kind of big, account, big accountancy firms doing audits of large companies. And then about 18 months ago, I decided that there wasn't a good offering out there for people who were looking for property related tax advice. Um, and lots of people weren't happy with their accountant. So I identified the kind of gap in the market at the time and set up JSM partners. So I'm the emerging director. We've been trading about 18 months now um, and we've grown very well. There's a team of three of us now. Um, and I'm really happy with kind of how things work. We work with property investors, developers, people doing service accommodation, essentially anybody using property. They're the people we work with and help. Okay. Okay. That's great. If we could sort of go back, back in time a bit and from where your sort of journey started and, and how you sort of took that, that path. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in terms of the, the path into accountancy or the path into property or kind of all of it. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it all started really when kind of, uh, back at college, so there's an accountancy qualification then. Um, and I suppose going even further back than that, whilst I was at school, I never really went to school that much because I used to skive a lot watching Homes into the Hammer. Um, and I used to see these guys, I've been like 15, 16 years old thinking, wow, they've just made what people make in an entire year in a six to eight week project. Um, so I used to watch that. I've probably seen half of the episodes I've ever read at least um, simply because it's just so interesting how the, the amount of money you can make so this led to me being interested in property um, and I started reading up on it at even quite a young age, perhaps 16, 17 years old. Okay. And then I got into accountancy um, and kind of put the property side on the back burner a little bit, went through the kind of typical accountancy career route. And then about two or three years ago, really got interested in property again. So I purchased a couple of properties myself. Um, and then now we've got the property specialist, um, the, the tax business, um, and I'm also looking to grow my own portfolio even greater as well. We'll start to add at least one or two more properties a year. Um, so that's kind of how it interested, how it started for me really was it's all from homes into the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. So what did, did you mention before that you've got two partners in, in JSM? 
Uh, yes, yeah, so not partners. I'm the only partner. Um, so we've got two uh, members of staff that work work with us. Um, okay. So uh, yeah, as it stands, I'm the only partner. Okay, okay. I was just curious to see if there was anybody that you'd gone into business with, or if you'd structured it in, in a specific way. But it's so you're the um, you're wearing all the hats. Yeah, most of yeah, that. absolutely. At the moment, <laughs> uh, yeah. Funny story about the name, really. When I first set the business, I, I kind of had this name in my head already. It was going to be called JSM Financial. That was going to be the name of, uh, of the business. Yeah. Um, and it came around to actually setting it up. So great, brought the domain name. That's fine. Onto company's house, JSM Financial. Ah, it's already taken. Hmm. Um, so uh-huh. back to the drawing board on that one. And then we came up with JSM Partners. Okay. Okay, that's great. So what, what's the typical the typical client that you have or, or what's the uh, most of the work that you get? Is it, you know, just specific type of property strategy, like you mentioned before, service accommodation, or is it more developments where, where are most of your clients? Yes. Yeah, so at the moment, most of our clients are probably in the rent to rent basis simply okay. because there's so many more people doing rent to rent at the moment compared to development. Yeah. We've grown quite mm-hmm. well over the past kind of one or two years, along with the whole rent to rent side of things. So a lot, I'd say probably close to 50% of our clients are in the service accommodation sector and quite a few of those on a rent-to-rent basis as well. Okay, very good. Um, just in relation to that then, what would be some of the most common sort of pitfalls you see people who are setting up a rent-to-rent uh, business? And um, What would be some of the common mistakes that they might make in relation to um, property tax? Yeah, so it'd be kind of not having a clear, coherent plan in place. So quite often people kind of maybe they just start out in rent to SA and they don't really know where they want to end up. So off the back of that, it's really hard to get the right tax structure in place. So for instance, if you just want one or two rent to rents, replace your income, that's it. You need a very different structure compared to if you want to generate serious cash flow, get 10 rent to rents, start using that money to go into buying properties, doing developments. Um, and you, then you'll need a different structure for all of that. So quite often people perhaps just go into it by setting up their single company, um, trading, build, building this wealth in that company, and then later on down the line, it's quite expensive to fix and restructure to make it how it should have been from the start if they'd have got professional advice. Okay. 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 Would that be in relation to say, like I remember someone mentioning before, setting up an LLP can be somewhat more tax advantageous than actually going down the company route if looking at say doing a larger thing could be completely wrong but i think just off the top of my head that's uh, that's what was mentioned before is that a thing yeah yeah absolutely so, yeah very much that sort of thing so it really depends on kind of everyone's personal circumstances who the partners might be what kind of income they plan to actually make over the next couple of years and what the partnership's going to be doing yeah all right brilliant um so like i hear a lot of people just going down the normal tax route with rent to service accommodation other people are mentioning toms could you talk a bit about toms yeah absolutely so for vat purposes yeah. so normal residential property that's exempt from vats so anything anything you do on a um, long-term basis or your asts vat is not going to be an issue but with okay. service accommodation because it's a short stay um essentially it means that it's in it's in the scope of vat Right. Um, so when your total turnover, so all the money you receive in exceeds £85,000, you have to register for VAT. Usually you'll reclaim your VAT on your inputs, so your, your, your purchases, um, and you do charge VAT. But the problem with a lot of people that are doing rent to rent and service accommodation 
is your biggest cost is your rented landlord, which as we just mentioned, doesn't have VAT on it, which means yeah. you can't reclaim the VAT on it. So what Tom's does is it works out, it's a scheme that applies to quite a lot of people. It works on the basis that instead of charging 20% VAT on your total nightly price, which might be a hundred pound, you then yep. charge VAT instead on your gross margin, which is essentially some of the direct costs that relate to getting the booking out. So it'd be kind of your rent, some of your utilities perhaps, um, and things such as that. So quite often, instead of paying 20% VAT, a service accommodation operator might pay closer to 10%. Okay, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I suppose when people start hitting that VAT trash, the, the threshold of, um, well, 85,000 you mentioned, once they start going beyond that, then it can be really kind of painful um, in relation to what the bottom line is at the end of the year. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just, one thing I, I would, uh, sorry, one thing I would mention is it really does depend who your target market is. So for a lot of people that are doing contractor bookings, um, going after the corporate market, VAT is not going to be an issue because all of those guys are registered for VAT. So as, long, yeah. as soon as you start charging VAT, they can reclaim it. So they're not fussed whilst you're on toms you can't issue a vat invoice so for the if you do go for the contractor market um you'd actually be putting yourself at a disservice so it's something to consider okay uh, okay interesting yeah interesting that because we, we'd heard about toms hadn't we uh, i heard i heard about it from joe joe told me about it we, we haven't hit that threshold yet i think we may do soon but that's a, a bridge that we'll have to cross maybe we'll have to have a have a chat with you Josh yeah, absolutely. One thing, yeah, one thing to mention is um, whilst you're on Tom, so that 85,000, typically that is your total revenue. Whereas whilst you're on Tom's, it's actually your gross margin that counts. So to keep the numbers simple, if your gross profit margin is 50%, yeah. your turnover would actually have to be 170,000 before you have to register for VAT. So it does give you a lot longer to register. Interesting. Interesting. That, that's really, really good to know. Do you think that many people in the service accommodation business know about that or they don't? Yeah, I think at the moment it's probably one of the best kept secrets um, simply because we have it a lot of the time. People coming to us are the previous accountants, put them on this scheme, they're on the standard rate scheme or kind of worst case, they might registered at all. Um, then we have to come along and say, hang on a minute, you're, you're under Tom's, you've got this amount of um, revenue you don't actually need to be registered for VAT at all. Um, yeah. Today, I think the biggest saving we've had on an annual basis is the best part £30,000 a year, wow. um, simply from getting it right from a Tom's perspective. That's a massive jump, that, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Do you get many clients that do rent-to-rent -rent HMOs? Um, we've got a couple of them that do rent-to-rent -rent HMOs, but I think as a strategy, it's a lot less popular than yeah. rent-to-SA, or it's kind of... usually usually forms a part. So if you've got a couple of essays, you might have a HMO phone in there just to try and balance it out. But as a strategy, I think most people over the past couple of months, at least have definitely been more SA focused than HMOs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and with reference to the, the current climate and, you know, whilst recording this, we are in, in the um, COVID-19 pandemic. Have you been bombarded with questions from clients? How, how's that been for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So it's just been a, uh, the most common question really is, oh, yeah, I've seen this. What help can I get? Or kind of how do I get this grant? So a lot of people just touching back on service accommodation. Yeah. It was never really a priority to get your unit over to business rates. 
Um, most people just paid the council tax and left it at that. Yeah. Whereas now they re- released the £10,000 grant for the uh, units that were eligible for small business rates. There's been a massive flood of people trying to get onto business rates and then look to try and claim this grant when in a lot of cases it's simply too late. You yeah. have to have been registered for business rates on the 11th of March. If not, you're not eligible. So at the moment, it's just a case of advising them on the best way to go about it, simply because each council is different. And it's usually just a case of speaking with the council, speaking with the VOA and seeing where where it's at in terms of the application process. Um, so apart from the rent to rent, um, with reference to people sort of, you know, building their own portfolios or doing developments, what other types of clients do you work with? Uh, so it's a lot of it. Essentially, we work mostly with kind of owner-managed businesses, so people that run their own company. Um, yeah. So aside from that, got a lot of management companies that we work with. So people whether that's kind of estate agents or managing um, rent to um, rent, managing service accommodation for people. Yeah. We have a lot of people like that, um, kind of helping them structure their business correctly, um, and indeed run it from a kind of finance director point of view. So quite a lot yeah. of those guys, they they're not accountants. So we work with them so to give them the numbers they need, give them the information to really understand how their business is doing. Yeah, okay. Okay, that's great. And do you get many people, um, I know the buy-refurbished finance model is very popular at the moment and everybody's looking for them deals where they can pull all their cash out. Do you see a lot of clients trying to use that strategy? Yeah, yeah, indeed we do. So that's kind of, I suppose you've got two kind of groups of people almost, people that are just getting started and then perhaps they maybe don't have as much money. So they go into yeah. a cash flow strategy first, such as service accommodation or kind of some kind of um, rent to rent basis. And then once they've reached a good stage there, they then channel the money over into an investment strategy, such as the BRR. Yeah. We have quite a few clients that do that. And you've also got another branch of baskets of people that are basically kind of got money to start with and they're doing the BRR. So yeah, we, we work with kind of those two separate groups of people. Okay, okay. And then do you have sort of any any advice for, for somebody setting up a, a limited company to, to start doing the buy refurbish refinance strategy or somebody that may come into a bit of inheritance or a pot of money that they've saved up themselves and they're ready to go? Is there any advice that you, you could give on somebody setting that company up? Yeah, so the, the quickest bit of advice really would be, I suppose from a setting the company up point of view, there's not too much to it. Um, the quickest kind of takeaway would be literally just look at charging yourself interest if you've got some inheritance come through you're putting that down as a deposit or if you're going to cash fund it charge interest on that director's loan that you're putting into the company because the chances are that's going to save you quite a lot of tax okay and how much interest can you charge is there like a a, a minimum or a maximum that you can uh, so you can you charge a commercial rate so essentially if you were to go to any of the kind of um, funders or unsecured or secured um, debt you're probably looking at anywhere between kind of eight and fourteen percent, depending on the project. So there's no reason you can't charge a similar interest on the loan you're putting into the company. Okay, okay, interesting. Is that quite common? Do a lot of people do that? Uh, so all of our clients, well, most of our clients do, simply because that's um, an area that a lot of accountants seem to forget. Okay. Whereas in terms of paying yourself, interest is probably the most tax efficient way of paying yourself. Um, kind of in addition, in addition to salary, simply because it's a deductible expense in the company, saving your corporation tax at nineteen percent, and then all the way up to fifty thousand pound a year in income, uh, total income, you're going to pay just twenty percent tax on that, um, which is kind of give or take a one percent tax rate on your on the on the income you extracted from the business. 
Okay, okay. So how do we go? Let's say for our argument's sake, me and Joe put put ten thousand into the business at, at the start together. How, how could we structure that? Um, we haven't took any money out yet. Um, any any money that we've earned's just been you know left in the business account. It's it's just just sort of being recycled. We're just leaving it in the business to, to hopefully yeah. do more stuff going forward. How can we best structure this this ten thousand, and how, how could we take it out and can we spread it over five years or 10 years? What's the, what's the most efficient way? Yes. The best way, um, just to keep the number simple, we'll say you've got 10,000 pound each. Um, so if you put 10,000 pound into the business to start it up, what we could do is we could charge interest on that at 10%. So assuming you've got no other interest income, um, which, which is the case for most people, if they've got it with their high street bank and it's earning kind of 0.01%, it's yeah. going to be a very, very tiny amount. So we could charge 10% interest on that loan which is going to give us a thousand pound a year as a basic great taxpayer. So broadly, if you've got no other income, um, if, you, if your total income doesn't exceed 50,000 pounds, you'll be able to receive that a whole 1000 pound tax free. So it's going to come off of your profits for the company, which means you're going to save 19% corporation tax. You can receive it personally, um, completely tax free. So you say that 19% tax there completely, mm-hmm. and then you can just put it back into your director's own account. So from the start of next year, it's now £11,000. And then we can keep doing that each year um, just to build that up in the most tax-efficient way. Okay, so the £1,000 that you take out a year is actually just the interest? Yeah, you don't even have to take it out. You can take it out and then just put it back in again. It's yeah. kind of an accounting entry um, just to confirm that it's been put through. There's a few formal requirements. You need to do a CT61, which is a form to HMRC, and you also have to deduct 20% interest paid over to HMRC and then you reclaim that as part of your self-assessment tax return do you have to pay it to HMRC but you get you get it back yeah then, there's, a, there's a little bit of form filling involved um but it's definitely worthwhile doing a few hoops to jump through but save a lot of money in the long run yeah absolutely it's, it's definitely one of the best ways especially people just starting out so perhaps people that have got this money they've left their job one thing they kind of forget about is building up that director's own account so if you've got no other income at all, it makes sense to take your kind of the best part of ten to twelve and a half thousand pounds out. Even if you don't take the cash out of the business, just put it through on paper from a tax planning point of view, just to build that director's own account up. Okay, so if there's a couple of grand floats in the account, one of us or both of us could take X amount out um, as director's loan or, or the interest and then reinvest it. Well, say, say for instance, you've not got any other income, um, so you quit, quit your job, you're doing this full time, so we could put a salary through, so for this tax year, the most tax efficient salary is going to be £9,500, so we'll put that through the company, so that's an expense within the company accounts, meaning you'd save tax at 19%, Yeah. and then because that's covered by your personal allowance, you're going to pay no tax on that whatsoever, uh, you might pay a little bit of national insurance on that. Um, but it's still um, very tax efficient to do that. You don't have to take this as cash at all. You can simply put it through the payroll, £9,500, and then you loan that back to the company immediately. So the cash doesn't actually have to leave your bank, and that can just increase your direct zone account. So when the company has got the money to pay you, you can do it tax-free. That's handy. I'm I'm working full-time now, and Joe's still full-time in the business, so maybe that's something that we could do, Joe. Yeah, down the road for sure. Definitely looking but, Yeah, even if you are working full time, as long as you're not a higher rate taxpayer, as long as you're a basic rate taxpayer, it's still going to be worthwhile simply because the company pays 19% corporation tax. So anything we can get out is going to save 19%. Yeah. And then 
you as a basic rate taxpayer will pay 20%. So the difference between that 1%, as long as you can get um, not about nine and a half thousand pounds out, you'll pay 1% tax as long as you don't go over your high rate threshold. Any more, any more tips or, or stuff that people commonly don't know? Uh, that's probably the biggest one in terms of kind of any other tips would just be to kind of make sure that you get a good accounting system from day one. So as soon as possible, rather than kind of leaving it and leaving it and leaving it, yeah. make sure you're using a good bit of software like Zero and Receipt Bank or QuickBooks. Make yeah. sure you kind of get on that as soon as possible because it's going to make your life so much easier. We're on QuickBooks and Ben does some property investment stuff himself as well. So we, we, we're just getting set up with Ben. We met him networking. He's come to our networking events a few times as well. So still, we're still due to start inputting all of our all of our information. Now it's one of them jobs that you just leave and leave and leave. You shouldn't really do it though, should you? <laughs> yeah. Well, are you using Receipt Bank or how, how, what's the process like for that? Uh, we're just using QuickBooks. Um, so I, 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 we haven't started inputting any of the information yet, but I was just going to manually input it. Yeah, you should take a look at what, what Receipt Bank um, does is rather than having to manually put it, so if you've got transactions, you type out who it's for, what code it goes to. What Receipt yeah. Bank does is it uses AI technology to actually read the receipt, um, the text on the receipt, and it pushes that through to Zero or QuickBooks, so you don't have to type anything at all. The information nice. is already pre-populated. Okay, what's it called again? Sorry. Receipt Bank. Receipt Bank. Is it free or do you pay? Uh, yeah, you have to pay. Yeah, you have to pay for that. I think the prices, if you buy it yourself, are kind of about twenty pound a month. Twenty pound a month saves a lot of time now. Probably worth it. Yeah, uh, it definitely is. We we give it to all of our clients, um, and it definitely is a fantastic bit of kit. Yeah, I suppose just getting back to your own strategy. So you you have two buy to lets currently. Um, is that your strategy going forward? Is to just build up a portfolio of buy to lets? Yeah, I think, to be honest, it seems to be the kind of best way moving forward in terms of before it becomes a full-time job. Ideally, I'd like to look at the kind of more attractive stuff, such as commercial conversions and developments. But yeah. it's just a case of gradually getting there. Um, so moving forward, I'm looking at more kind of buy, refurbish, refinance and almost getting a good bit of experience in terms of more heavier refurbs and gradually taking up the steps um whilst building the asset base as well so by the time it comes yeah. to kind of year five then i'll be in a good position to actually start doing some of the more kind of sexier commercial conversions and ground up developments but at the moment it's very much just looking for kind of oakley properties that need a good bit of work to them um and kind of adding value that's that way yeah no that makes sense um definitely definitely the right strategy starting off in my opinion and like if like like us now like we're just starting off so it's a be, it's a lot better to make the mistakes on a smaller deal than it is a bigger deal and learn from it that way and then yeah. gradually build it up from there um that's brilliant uh, so where could people find a, a bit more about yourself i know you mentioned you have a facebook group called the property tax secrets yeah absolutely so uh, property tax secrets that's the best place i think we've got just over five five thousand members in there at the moment so that's where i post as much content as possible answer people's questions and it's really just the best place to start learning about tax and being more tax efficient in addition to that you can find me on facebook linkedin instagram um absolutely everywhere it's joshua tharby um yeah I'm more than happy to connect to everybody okay excellent that sounds brilliant just to ask you, obviously you seem quite knowledgeable on property industry. And is there anything for like people who've already got an accountant? Like obviously me and Joe, we've already got someone that, that we signed up with and we'd like to work with. Is, it, is there anything that you sort of offer webinars or anything else you do? 
Yeah, absolutely. That's a fantastic question, simply because that's really what we're trying to do more of at the moment. So we've got a course out about setting up your own limited company. So running through SIT codes and all the kind of questions people have about that. So we've got a course that takes you through step by step a company's house, how to get your company set up. Um, we've also nice. got it's the property, propertytaxsecrets.com. That, that's that's the so we're doing a self-assessment tax return webinar as well and we are putting more and more content out so in terms of kind of i know we mentioned a minute ago about you manually inputting your bookkeeping and that kind yeah. of stuff we're putting a course out about how to really be efficient and systemized and automate your bookkeeping um nice. so there's, there's a lot of kind of stuff that we're doing more of so it's definitely something that people should check out just, just a quick announcement to anybody who's interested in property and leveling up their business during this difficult time. We're hosting the property conference, which is a two day event when we've got over 30 speakers currently announced some of the biggest and best in the industry. There's absolutely no upsell. Everyone's there just to give as much value as possible. Um, there's absolutely no cost to this event. We do encourage a donation to the NHS. We're trying to raise 5,000 pounds. If you want to get involved, just search the property conference on Facebook, join the group. That's where the live broadcast is going to be. And I look forward to seeing you there. That's great, Josh. Thanks very much for that. We'll definitely, um, we'll definitely be on. So is it, is it two full days or is it? How is yeah, it? Two, two full days, nine till nine. So over 24 hours of content. Um, oh. It's going to be long, long days my part because I think the way the best way we're doing it at the moment from a tech point of view is literally going to be me inviting the people onto Zoom and then broadcasting that Zoom into Facebook Live. So it's going to be two long days for me, but it yeah. looks to be fantastic from kind of a value. And I think it's actually going to be the biggest event in property this year in terms of the kind of level and number of speakers. Yeah. Yeah, some really good speakers there. That's really, really good. Well, uh, we'll definitely have to tune into that, won't we, Joe? Yeah, 100%. Sound. Okay, that, that's been great, Josh. Thanks really much for your time and um, look forward to that on the, the 24th and the 25th, did you say? Yeah. Okay, yeah, really look forward to that and look forward to having you on again in the future as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's been great. Thanks very much for your time. All right, perfect. Uh, look forward to speaking with you both soon. Cheers, bye-bye. Cheers, thank you. Cheers, bye. We talk about property, business and everything in between. Hosted by Jack Heskin-Taylor and Joe McCarthy. Sharing the stories of entrepreneurs, property investors and our journey to health, wealth and happiness.